Hey, y'all. This is Ben, and Miranda has invited me once again to sit down with her and unpack the topic of fear. I wanted to get ahead of this and mention that I did leave off one recommendation for how we move forward on this topic, and that is therapy. I've been going to therapy for coming up on two years. I actually believe I've had my two-year anniversary now that I think about it. And after we recorded this episode last week, it just coincided with the day that I go to therapy. And that afternoon, I had one of the most productive therapy sessions I've had in quite some time. And that brings me to the final point. Be intentional in all that you do. If you are not going to be intentional in your use of time, then maybe that activity is not worth doing. I relate this to therapy because all too often we find ourselves sitting in that chair expecting the therapist to carry the load for us. But if we are not intentional with what we want to work on, where we want to go, what we want to dig into, then oftentimes that is both money and time that is wasted. So, one, try therapy. If you've never tried it, give it a shot. There's a lot to be offered out there. There are many different ways to go about it. For me, pretty old school. I sit down with my man, Alan. He's been in the game for about 45 years and we just hash it out. But um, different strokes for different folks. No matter what though, you need someone to speak to that is both educated and trained, but is also interested in your well-being and not selfishly motivated in any way. I hope this helps. I hope you give it a shot. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, it's Miranda. I am sitting down here with Ben Joes again. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the comfort zone and something we're going to chat about today, which coincides with the comfort, comfort zone very well, which is fear. Um, so Ben, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of my dog interrupting this podcast. Um, but aside from that, <laughs> you know, when we talked about this originally, the first one that always comes to mind is heights, which is I'm always a little bit ashamed of saying, but like roller coasters especially. Um, we've already used the story of Splash Mountain in Disney World, but like the uh, level of green that my face will reach while you make me stand in line waiting for any sort of roller coaster with a large drop is like, it's, em it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. As a 33-year-old man, I am embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but since we touched on that before, I also, I do not love snakes. Uh, snakes give me a pretty good uh, little creep-out vibe, uh, the unpredictability. And there's just something about that slither that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> it just seems like they're, they're no matter what, up to no good. And then um, I'm not great in the dark. I'm not, like, afraid of the dark. And, like, I sleep in pitch black. But, like, if I'm – especially if I end up in a space I'm not comfortable in and it's pitch black. Right. Like, when I first got this building, the first few times I was in it when all the lights were out is, like, you can just start to think about what if you looked out – because I leave those windows open out there. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, we're in a warehouse and – uh, out the outside wall of the warehouse has like not windows so much as like open spaces that there's a flap like a metal there's no glass yeah there's no glass so like I can reach out through the bars there's like burglar bars up um, but I can reach out and so I leave them open so the wind can always be coming in keeping this place cool but like I've always not always but when I first moved in here a long time ago I would imagine walking out to get water and just seeing some face <laughs> in the window and like there being no explanation for why that face was there um so but since we're having fun at my expense now your turn what <laughs> what are you afraid of my dear 
Well, I also have an amphibian fear as well, but well, yours is more of a reptile. But um, I'm really afraid of frogs, and whenever I say that to people, they always laugh at me, or they ask me why, which I guess is a reasonable question. <laughs> but for me, it's the unpredictability. Like you just never know when those guys are going to jump and like which direction they're going to jump in. <laughs> so it totally freaks me out. I had an experience. Uh, my parents had a pool, and so I was just having a great time swimming in the pool. Beautiful day, whatever. And then I went to go put some goggles on and continue swimming, and immediately like went under, opened my eyes, and there was a frog right in my face. And I was like traumatized. And ever since then, I just I can't really deal with frogs. Um, I don't know how that happened to you. I don't think it's fair to say you shouldn't be afraid of frogs because. In the same way that like people are afraid of roaches. A roach is not going to do you any harm. But yeah. you know what? It's still a little freaky, the way they move, the unpredictability. So I think you are just fine, especially if you opened your eyes underwater and there was <laughs> a frog right there. So I mean, I wasn't super young or anything. It was I think I was in like middle school, but it was still traumatizing still nonetheless. Traumatizing. Um, another more common fear I have is, I'd say, claustrophobia, which is just huge for me i know we talked about like earlier when we were getting ready for this podcast when we were talking about fears we talked about haunted houses and <laughs> if we ever face those fears through haunted houses and one of mine i actually went to we got quote unquote buried alive and so you're we like sitting in this box and they made you sit on the sides facing the wall and then they turned all the lights off and dropped all these plastic balls on you and you straight up felt like you were like you couldn't move, you were buried, you couldn't breathe. It was awful. <laughs> but uh, claustrophobia is definitely another thing that's real for me. But all fun aside, we do want to get a little bit in depth here. Um, we're not talking so much about just fear in general, but more about living a fear-driven life. Um, so we define that as, there's a quote here, it's a fear-driven life is a life in which thoughts, decisions, and actions are predominantly motivated by fear. And I know you and I were kind of chatting a bit before this, and we both agreed that we see ourselves as people who are stuck in this. We lead a fear-driven life. Um, so why do you why do you think you see yourself as someone who's fear-driven? You know, it, it's it's really interesting today. Today's been a, a strange day already, although it's just morning on a thursday um you so the way that we set this podcast up is generally you've selected the topic you'll do the research you send me your research notes a few days before and then i have time to kind of add my notes and then we shape we actually get to the, the specifics of what we're going to talk about um in the hours before we record and so you had sent me these notes and the fear-driven life was on there and it did resonate i read the definition and it it, it made sense but it didn't click with me that wow, that's me. It wasn't until this morning when I had that conversation with Molly where I was able to use that, like I adopted that terminology unknowingly. And it wasn't until then I come back and talk to you and look at the notes and go, oh, that's where I got it from. And it was like, because when I was speaking to Molly, I realized that my entire life, the way that I, my behaviors, everything is based in fear. I live in fear um, pretty much every waking moment. And that's not, it's not some like I think the like end of days is coming. It's more um, that I don't think anything I have is real. I don't think anything I've achieved is real. I think it all can be taken away. 
I think that every person that is in my life is either not here for the right reasons or they're just looking for the opportunity to take advantage. Um, it's a very fear driven life. And so for this term, like for you to have that on the research already, and I, I never use that term and it, it just fit nicely in my vernacular because it works. And so I know that I have a fear driven life because for the longest time, I have failed to celebrate the moments in the journey. It has always been about the fact that I'm not there yet. And I don't mean that in a driven way. And um, the... Because I can edit this out. The... Um, play with Jax because he's very needy right now. The fear-driven life for me is defined by my inability to pr to act in any way other than as defined by worry and anxiety. Um, everything that I do is rooted in an anxious state or depressive thoughts based in the past. And it even comes down to the good that I do. The good that I do is motivated by the idea of not putting myself in a position to fail someone, to not give someone the chance to leave me. Um, if I deliver a better experience for my athletes in my gym, then it will be harder for them to leave. Instead of thinking that if I deliver a great experience for the athletes in my gym, then they will love being here. Um, and it seems like I'm mincing words to some, but I assure you the mindset is everything on this. And that is why this is such a powerful topic. So uh, yeah, for me, it's, it couldn't be more true. Uh, but as we discussed, maybe it resonates with you as well. Yes? Yeah, obviously, I saw myself as someone who's living a fear-driven life too. I mean, for me, when I was looking up this topic of fear, there were so many different things that come up. Like fear of loss, fear of death was a big one. And I think if you're living life fearing death, you're living life in a fear-driven way as well, of course. But for me, I kind of fear things that I guess would be somewhat atypical or not the first things that would come to your mind at least. Like for me, I'm not so much big on, oh, I'm afraid to fail. It's more of like, I'm afraid to succeed. I'm afraid of being happy or like allowing myself to feel that happiness because I've always had things taken away from me or I've been almost validated in that oh, it's good. If you have this and you're okay and you're happy, then it's going to be taken away from you. Um, and so that's what I always kind of struggled with. I mean, another big one for me too was like, I'm terrified that I'll never reach my full potential or that I'll, you know, be on my deathbed someday and I'll look back on my life and be like, wow, I lived my whole life in this state of anxiety and I never you know, fully reached what I was meant to reach. Like I've always known deep down, like that I'm meant to do something big or like something great. And so I'm fearful that like, I'll never actually find that thing or take on that thing or do it in the way that it's meant to be done. And so I constantly live in fear of that. I, you walked in on, on, on my conversation with Molly. I was saying at that moment that my greatest fear is getting to the end of the road and having someone that would have some omnipotent superpower come to me and say, you chose the wrong path 
or you grossly underperform your potential. Yeah. And that that would that would break my heart more than anything else could because you get one life, you get one shot at this. Uh and we in the prep for this we we challenged each other to get into like how do we get here? Um and I think that it's our reasons for operating this way are real. And and I want to give a few examples that are are very very personal to me. But before we get to that, I just I don't think that even us, like I, I don't mind saying I'm wrong, but I don't think we're wrong for being here. I think it's all opportunity, though. Any changes that we are able to adopt to step away from this and step step beyond a fear driven life are going to benefit us greatly. But as with so many that are listening right now that are, are feeling like that this might be resonating with them as well, like I think that it could be easy to beat yourself up over feeling this way like approaching life this way mm-hmm. because it is a ne- like it's perceived to be a negative and it is a negative it's not ideal as we will discuss but i don't want to get too down too far down the rabbit hole of like guilt and shame because let me go through the examples and i and i these examples they're not even all of them it's it's we were talking about why we might be the way that we are and that's always a heavy question we both <laughs> kind of laughed and rolled our eyes um but so for me, like my big, the one of my fear-driven life, like it's all too good to be true. It all can be taken away from you in an instant, no matter whether you do the work to earn it or not. And so like, for example, back when I was 16 years old, I was on the greatest club soccer team in Houston history and I got cut. I was a goalkeeper, so it's a little bit different than being a field player, meaning there was only one of us and there was nobody else on the team. But tryouts were before the state championships and so I still had to play and I did my job. I did everything I was supposed to. I was the best goalkeeper I could be. And I still was told, hey, there's this guy that didn't even try out and he gets your job. And I mean, that that took a lot out of me because it was my first introduction, not to hardship. I'd had hardship plenty, but like to, OK, you earned your spot. You performed exactly how you were supposed to. You trained hard. You showed up to practice. You you did everything. You were a leader. You were a captain on the team. But then there's this guy that has like a little bit more shine. And you know what? They never got as far as we got like at once he was on the team. So I have solace in that, but that's kind of a petty one because I was 16, but you move <laughs> on as I've mentioned, not on this podcast, but on other podcasts, we were sued. Um, and the lawsuit was a woman who we had gone out of our way to take care of. We had given her a discount because she had actually come on some financial hard times and couldn't afford it. And so we'd given her a discount and we had always checked in. She, she's, she was a great asset to have. She was an amazing, like a regular woman, not someone who would normally do CrossFit. Um, but we had, we had brought her in, and she, had, she was great. She was such a positive spirit. Well, um, she gets injured, and then suddenly there's an opportunity to make money, and she's suing us. So even that, that's fine though, okay? I, I, I don't fault human nature. Uh, who knows? Maybe the husband whispers in her ear, hey, we could make $100,000 here. You know, and it, it sounds really good. But then you, we go further, and so then the worry is like, did you sign the waiver? Did you? Ever? We did everything right. When it happened, there were two coaches in the class with her, and there was only two athletes, so that's a pretty good coach-athlete ratio. We had the waiver signed. Uh, the gym was clean. There was nothing neg- negligent present. The workout had been run all day with no issue. Nobody had complained. Nobody had suggested that it was irresponsible. The movement in question was actually a modified movement already, and it is the only movement that we constantly say you only do as well as you feel comfortable. We had said it explicitly over and over again. All of that, 
is true. We had witnesses saying that she had texted them that day saying she had the flu, which she did not inform us of. So she was compromised in her able her ability to perform. All of that is in our favor. We did everything right. Still settled. Still settled. She still wins. Like, what are you supposed to do from that? Yeah. Um, my first CrossFit job, I got paid $18,000 a year. I grew that business from 150 athletes to 330 athletes. We were the largest gym in Houston. And I was told every single day that I wasn't worth $18,000 a year. Like I was told, out of their way told. So then when I finally decided to leave and I said, I'll give you up to three months to find my replacement because it's not about me leaving now. It's about me just knowing I can get out from my mental health. I was told that I would fail and that I could never do anything without being there. Well, turns out the second one was the same thing. And I made a whopping $24,000 that year, but I had to pay half of it back because technically, since I was an owner, they decided that even though I worked there every single day, I wasn't worth a salary. So I was scraping by on like $2,000 a month. And then after we got to profitability, I had to pay half of all of my checks back to my other owners because they thought I wasn't worth a salary. Like, yeah. Wow. All good. We grew from zero to 205 athletes in two years. Like we crushed it. We were at 130 in a year. Like we crushed it. Everything was right. Best community and still taken away from you. Like still taken away from you. Like that builds fear because if it happens that many times, why would it ever change? Right. I mean, I'm right there with you. Like one of my biggest things in my fear driven life was the same thing. It's too good to be true. Like, if it, if everything is so good right now, like it has to come down. There's no way it can it can stay here, or that it's not going to be taken away from you. I mean, some of my examples are actually kind of similar to yours. I know you talked about your soccer experience. I kind of had something similar happen to me in basketball. Like it was my sport. I've played it since I was four years old. Like my entire life, I loved it. I was passionate about it. I was good at it. It's okay for me to say that. <laughs> um, and then I got into high school and I always worked hard. Like I went to every basketball camp, every practice. I stayed after. I got up in the morning and trained twice a day, like did everything right. And in the situation I was in, there was a lot of politics involved and I was benched and I didn't get to play anymore. And everyone else in front of me was playing and I knew that they did not work as hard as I did. And I even asked my coach at the time, like, I will play you for this spot. Like I will play any of these players one-on-one, -on -one, let me earn my spot. And it wasn't allowed and whatever, but it, it just went, it went to show like I was validated and like, even if you work super hard, the thing that you want and you feel that you deserve, it can still be taken away from you. Um, so that was something I really struggled with. I also have a similar CrossFit example as well, like the gym that I was coming from before I gave my everything to that gym and the people in it and the members you know it was so hard for me to make that decision to leave but I felt like even though I was doing my best and giving my everything and always saying yes like I was that yes person to the point where my mental health was com compromised and I was taken advantage of and I I had to leave, which ultimately was a hard decision, but again, validated in the fact that like you can do everything right and have the greatest intentions and want to help people and still just have people take it, take advantage of you in that fact. And even with leaving the gym, I learned a lot about 
my friends or the people who I thought were my friends. Like I left the gym and people who I thought really truly cared about me as a person, I have not heard from since then. And so I kind of learned that like people were only there for me because of the circumstance, or at least that's what I began to believe. So again, just kind of driving that fear that like, oh, they don't, people don't actually care about you. They just care about what you're doing for them kind of thing, which again, shows up in my relationships. My fear that like, wow, everything's great. This person is so amazing. Our relationship is amazing. Oh, it's just going to be taken away from you. Like that happiness isn't going to last. I mean, look, we, before we get too dark here, we're going to have to get to like why things can be different. But I mean, that relationship (laughs) thing is, is very, very real. And for me, you know, I put my heart and soul into this business and I remember being in a two year relationship where I wasn't told once that what I was doing was worthwhile. Like not once from the person that loved me allegedly, like not once was I told, Hey, this work is incredible. Like mm-hmm. changing people's lives. Like the testimonials were there. They saw everything that was changing here. They saw people's lives. They saw different, but like they saw everything and not once. And like, so why if, if I'm working so hard and the person that's close to me doesn't recognize it, then how can I not fall into fear and be like, I'm wasting my time, you know? And, and I think that that goes again to we're acknowledging what got us here. And that's important. Right. Because as, as when we talked, it it wasn't easy. I mean, I started to hammer away eventually on my keyboard and you're like, what are you typing? I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm, I think I'm in a vein of why I might be the way that I am, at least in some capacity. But like, it's not easy to recognize how you got here. No, I struggled with that a lot. And I think, you know, it's it's conditioning. It's how we're wired a little bit. Yes. Like you were sharing our fears. Like, okay, so your mother tells you not to touch the hot stove because it's going to hurt you really bad. So rightfully, you fear touching that hot stove where now you're almost to the point where you're going to yank your hand away and squeal even when you think there's a smallest chance that it might be hot. And you said the same thing with like a knife example you gave. Yeah, like you, 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 we all have that friend that like if you if you touch them in a what could be a violent manner. So like say you poke them with a pen or something, that certainly could hurt. I mean, if I stab you with a pen, that would hurt. But like you just like lightly gesture a poke, and they're like they they scream, like, <laughs> ah! and you're like, bro, bro, I didn't even touch you. But it was like the perception of what was coming, like the fear of the pain they might feel that caused that reaction because now it's gone too far. Fear can be, look, we, we, this goes back to what we discussed in like primal evolution. Fear used to keep us alive because the downside of like not adhering to fear was death. Like be afraid of the darkness because that's where the animals are that are going to eat you while you can't see. We don't have that anymore. Like that's not what we're afraid of now. Now suddenly fear is debilitating and preventing us from making progress in our own life. Because even those things, those things that could be seemingly heartbreaking that I listed of what I've experienced, like still alive, at no point was death, at no point was even really the quality of my life in question. Mm -hmm. Because these are all things that in ways could be classified as luxuries. It's a luxury to have a job. It's a luxury to be able to play sports. Like, well, Dun- that's where it comes down to perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Our favorite thing to mention, <laughs> no. aside from probably journaling. Well, but that's what we kind of said. Like, so why, 
why do we want to change then? Like, why even change it? Well, and 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 this is a little bit different conversation from us today because although we have the direction that you and I both hope to take, we don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the answers on a lot of these, but we have we've made more progress, I think, in the other topics we've discussed. I think this is the first one where you and I would both say, like, we might be at the starting line with everybody else. Yeah, we still, like, when you were asking me some of those questions today to prepare for this, I some of them I was like, I really don't know. Yeah, and I think that's okay because what is interesting about this is when people meet you or meet me, they take to us so we're doing something right because it's because we're engaged with them now what they might not realize is we're engaged with them because we are trying to do everything we can to prevent them from being able to leave you know because we (laughs) think that they're going to take advantage of us and get out but like no matter what it comes across as like we are invested in them and we are genuinely interested in their progress because we are and so we are good at what we do but that is not to say that the reasons that we operate have been I don't know, curated or refined to what they need to be. No. And so I think that's why this, that makes it even more fascinating conversation of like, this isn't that you're like, your life has to be a dumpster fire. Like you don't have to be in pure chaos all the time to say like, Oh, I'm a fear driven life. We make progress like financial. We've grown this, this business continues to grow. And so we're on the right path when you look at it, surface level numbers level. But as I have down, I am so effing sick of being anxious and depressed because I can't stop living in the past or living in the future and not productively, not in a planning stage, in a worry stage, worrying about what's happened in the past and how, how it's going to be with me forever or worrying about what might possibly, theoretically, potentially, possibly, maybe come in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it because it makes me... It makes me less impactful than I can be, and it makes me a an energy suck on anybody that's around me. It is not what it could be. I'm just not happy living that way. Like, when we were talking about this, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I'm just so sick of constantly worrying all the time. Like, I'm just sick of it. It's exhausting to me. It takes all of my energy, and it's like... What is that even providing me? Like that's literally only hurting me to worry about these things and be fearful of these things that maybe could happen. And that's kind of like one of the steps right there. It's like, what? Okay, so I'm fearing this thing. Does the fact that I'm fearing it change that it could happen? No. (laughs) You know, like that, that event or that thing that you're fearful of still may happen you have no control over that all you can control is how you react to it but like putting yourself through that fear is only hurting you or putting yourself through that anxious anxiety or worry or whatever it manifests into like that's only hurting you absolutely and the thing that that leads to is in terms of like you both uh, we both have discussed we desperately want to grow out of this we want to get out of a fear-driven life and although we are not completely certain we have we have the steps that we intend to take and that we will share but it really comes down to the kind of like the pessimist view versus the optimist view of the future in terms of can it be better and we both agree it can be we both agree it can be it's more a question of like do you believe it will be because it can be right i can be a completely different person tomorrow today next month next year i can i can be 
change occurs. That's why we are in this business. Growth occurs. Change occurs. We've seen people grow and change ourselves. Absolutely. But will it? In us, will we change? And I think that a fear-driven life is the pessimist pessimist attitude. It's either it's that it's a pessimistic outlook on the endeavor, meaning, man, yeah, I probably can, but gosh, it's gonna be just oh, it's 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 too much. Like there's too much to handle. But I think it also, if it's not the pessimistic view, it's you're really you're you're being tempted to grow not for the betterment of self, but again to prepare against what you're afraid of happening. Meaning like, okay, I want to be an optimist. I want to be more positive because then people will like it more and then they'll stay. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that's not going to keep, that doesn't have staying power because now you're still doing it for them and you've got to be doing it for yourself. And the other thing that is really scary to me is that like, what if this nasty trait of mine being fear driven what if it is the edge that kind of keeps the the business rolling down the tracks? That's a very and especially like in addict circles, like people drinking problems, uh, uh, substance abuse that are creators. They're like, if I get sober, do I lose my edge? And nobody yeah. really gets to say. Like, it's not fair to be like, well, no, because maybe you do, but like, where's the quality of your life? And that has to be the priority. I have to live my best life. Okay, that's it. End all be all. If in some crazy world, me living my best life means this business does not progress, that's still the right decision. Mm-hmm. Because what's probably going to happen is I'm going to live my best life and this business is going to crush it. Right. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't really matter even if it wasn't going to because it has to be about me because of the shortness of life. It's over quick. Yeah, and I mean, that's where I think I struggled the most was like, I have to believe it for myself. Like I can believe it for everyone else so easily. You know, someone comes up to me and they're like, Hey Miranda, I don't believe I can change it. I'm like, what? Like, of course you can. It's so easy for me to see that in them and help them see that in themselves. But when I'm looking at my own life, like sometimes when I am in a pessimistic mindset, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I can't do this. Like I can't change. And I'll literally believe that. And so it's putting in the work to change that belief, which is hard sometimes. Like that is hard for me. It's hard for me. Do you ever think that maybe you're a coach? And I don't think this is true. Let me say that up front <laughs> because you'll get a complex if I don't say that. But I think it's a healthy worry sometimes. Do you ever worry that you're a coach because it's easier to show people where the challenge is instead of taking on the challenge yourself? That's a good question. I've never really thought of it like that. I think about it all the time. Maybe. Maybe. It's what, it what, it's what motivates me to take on new challenges and like make sure I am trying to grow because I think too often as a teacher, as a leader, it is easy to rest on that you still know because you can know. You can take on a challenge I'm not, not familiar with and I can still help you with that. Like I don't have to experience the same exact things you've experienced. But there also becomes like this atrophy of muscle where if I'm not challenging myself in other ways, then I am less effective helping you take on your challenges. And I think in coaching and in, in, in mindset coaching, athletic coaching, life coaching especially, I think oftentimes it is, it's just a lot more fun to tell you where you need to handle your shit instead of making me handle my own. Well, not more fu- not more fun, but it's eh, easier. Sometimes it's fun. Well, fun, but it's also Jeez, easier. Miranda, really, you need to get on this. Like, 
Why aren't you working <laughs> on this yet? Yeah, it's easier to point the finger instead of reflect inwards. And again, everybody, I don't think Miranda does that. I, it's it's just something like it's a thought exercise. Like I really, it's something I run through my mind every once in a while to make sure I don't want to be a, a hypocrite. I don't want to be, hey guys, don't have a fear-driven life. Meanwhile, I couldn't be more fear-driven. I couldn't be more fear-driven. So if in this podcast you get the message of like, hey, you guys need to change and I'm not going to, like please don't get that because like I couldn't be more fear-driven. This is about as close to being a hypocrite in this epi- in this podcast as I think I'll ever get <laughs> because I, it's a dangerous line. I might not take a step forward. I'm going to. I will because I'm sick of this and I'm glad this conversation is occurring. But like I don't know what the path is. I know what I'm going to practice. I know what I'm going to start taking steps towards. But it's been so long. Right. I'm right there with you. Like this is not something that I was even super confident to talk about on here today because I'm like, I feel like I'm a hot mess when it comes to this. Like I live in fear every single day. I'm constantly in that state of anxiety. And even when I was doing some of the research that we chatted about, like this has shown up in my physical body now. Like the research shows that if you're constantly living in fear or anxiety, like you're a lot more prone to heart attacks. You're prone to like inflammatory diseases, digestive issues, headaches, like the list was endless. And I was having some of those issues. Like I'm just so sick of living like this. And so I'm really happy that this came up, even though it is something that I'm uncomfortable with and kind of unsure as far as where to go in the path. Right. So, and yeah, and there's no certainty. There's no certainty at all. And and what we've discussed a little bit is, of course, recognize we've already mentioned. You need to recognize what your fears are, whether it's fear-driven, like it, to what degree um, and in what capacity, where do you see it most often. Um, and then from there, because, and that'll lead to, I guess we can go and talk about like the fear setting, like writing mm-hmm. it down and assessing what's the worst case scenario. So for me, if I back off this idea that everybody that walks in my building is trying to screw me over, if I go ahead and let go of that, like what's the worst that happens? Someone actually leaves? Oh no, people leave all the time. And we add people, we replace them. Like that's business, that's life. Mm -hmm. So like why am I holding on to it? Like white knuckling it as if like if I let go of this person, if I lose them, everything's over. Well, it's letting go of control, too. Well, and that's ultimately it, right? That's what fear-driven is. Fear-driven is a fake, is a faux, total control mentality. When we looked up the definition of fear, it was defined as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain, or a threat. But the big point there is that it's literally a feeling caused by a belief. So... If you think about that, if you change your mindset and your perspective and your thought or you change that belief, then ultimately you can change the fear, right? If you're looking at that definition. It's changing your belief system the same way you spoke about it in the rules we live by, the same way you spoke about it in the comfort zone. It is defined by whether it's parents having told you what to be afraid of, whether it's conditioning from the people you've interacted with or the circumstances you've been through. It's just simply perspective. And that is why there is hope because – 
no matter the things that I read off or the things that you've been screwed over by, we can, yes, absolutely, and rightfully so, go, that's life, and I'm screwed. That's just the way life's going to be. And nobody should tell you you're wrong, but that's really sad. And your life will be over soon because 90 is going to go quick, and then it's going to be over, and that's going to be the life you leave. But the reason that you can have hope is because all you got to do is switch that belief system. All you got to do is just adopt a different perspective on it, and then it gives you access. And that's what we said this morning, too. Like, it really is that simple. And don't confuse simple with it being easy, because that doesn't mean it's easy. But it really actually is as simple as changing your beliefs belief system yes and i i think that uh, that that we we batted around for a while trying to figure out like simple easy complex (laughs) but like simple and easy are very separate very very separate and when it comes down to it though you can't really like cloud the waters on changing a belief system like it's just have a different perspective that is a simple switch there's not multiple variables in there. And so being able to keep the simplicity, and I think simplicity can be hopeful. Again, it doesn't mean there are a lot of simple things we do physically in the gym that are hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Very challenging, but they're simple. So the best thing 500 we, air squats is simple. The best things we do are simple. Not the easy. The best things we do are simple. When we complicate things, like when it gets all like complicated, it actually becomes easier because then there's ways out. When it's simple, there's no escape. It's the hardest thing in the world, you know? And so simple is a blessing and a curse in a way because it also confronts you with like, that also means you can change. That means that me being in this hole, it's on me. That doesn't mean I don't need help. It doesn't mean I don't need to reach out and that I, I can do it on my own, but it does mean I can change. It does mean that I don't have to be this neurotic, anxious asshole the rest of my <laughs> life that I've been for 10 years openly. And it turns out that while I was drinking, I was probably the same guy five years, but I covered up with drinking. So 15 years of being an anxious asshole. Yeah. That's, it doesn't have to be that way. Even though that's a lot of momentum. I've been rolling downhill for a while. I can still stop because it's simply a change in perspective. So what are we going to do? I think, um, as we always say, writing it down but like what are you really afraid of like really unpack your fears what is it that you're actually afraid of like dive deep there and then question it further and ask is it really worth being afraid of like again realizing that that worry that fear that anxiety is only hurting you and it's not changing the situation but ultimately you have to be the one to investigate this for yourself like you sitting here telling me like, Miranda, don't be afraid of frogs. Like that's not going to help me. (laughs) Like I have to unpack like, okay, what about frogs am I afraid of? Is it really worth being afraid of? You know, go through that whole process. I have to go through that myself because if someone else tells me like, you can't do that for me, you know? And I think, um, another one is just focus on living in that present moment. You know, there's whatever the quote is out there. If you're, anxious you're living in the future if you're depressed you're living in the past i mean that is true for me i'm always anxious because i'm always thinking about that next thing but if i'm able to kind of ground myself and try to bring myself back to that present moment it does help me with that fear and that anxiety yeah absolutely and the final thing we talked about and this originally when we were going to talk about fear in general but it does apply is like increasing your experiences um 
like giving different stuff a chance and and I'll always love the quote that we fail at the margins of our experiences. Greg Glassman, co-founder or founder and CEO of CrossFit said that. And basically, as we kind of discussed, the more we increase our experiences, the more we are, the better we are able to kind of change our frame of reference. And if we don't experience much in life, then we are stuck with one thought process. And so like switching belief systems is more difficult because we haven't been introduced to other belief systems. So whether this is something like traveling or, and, and, and I, I want to be careful here because I know I have a, an aversion to when people like say you should travel more. Cause I'm like, well, that'd be nice. I would, if I could, <laughs> but like simply getting out of communities that you are a part of like getting into communities locally, even that you are not normally a part of experiencing the viewpoints and cultures of people that are not just like you. It gives you another lens through which to interpret the world. Trying new things gives you a new lens through which to interpret your situation um, and, and stuff like that. And then for me, kind of a fun one and it, we didn't talk a lot, but I did start with the fun one. So maybe we end on a fun one, but like, I feel like I need to figure out this roller coaster thing. And I'm 33, <laughs> and I feel like, one, I'm too old for roller coasters, but I'm – and I know that I could go the rest of my life and never – nobody will ever call me on my fear of roller coasters. Nobody will ever call me, like, on a fear of skydiving because I'm 30. I can just be like, I'm too old. I don't – like, plenty <laughs> of people go through the entire life not doing it, and nobody cares. Nobody gets to their deathbed and be like, he really should have ridden another roller coaster. <laughs> like, nobody says that. But I wonder, just as an experiment, I wonder – if I, if I try to grow my experiences with that, which will obviously lower my fear, if that will then bleed into the other things that are more about the fear-driven life, it will give me different perspective. Maybe just as it, like, it's not as bad as it seems. Like maybe something as simple yeah. as that again. Or, whoa, I got this all wrong. It's amazing. And then that'll flip the script too. I don't know. But I am going to try the thing I'm, I, what I'm for sure doing already, I'm writing it down, fear setting, and, and and kind of unpacking through that, and I'm I'm working on changing my perspective by sharing with as many people and, and listening to as many people as possible. Um, but what I want to do, kind of as the experiment, which I I don't know whether to recommend or not, it sounds like you should, is like pick something that makes you uncomfortable and like see what it's like. That's something we hear all the time. Like get yeah. outside of your comfort zone. We talked about that, mm -hmm. but we 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 it's that discomfort is often the most rewarding thing we experience. And so I don't know, man, maybe a, a, a past to Fiesta, Texas is in my future. <laughs> I don't know. Like for those that don't know, if I watch a, a point of view video on YouTube on a nice high def TV, it's gotta be somewhat realistic. If it's grainy. I don't get too nervous. <laughs> my stomach hurts. Like if I watch a roller coaster ride on YouTube, my stuff, that's how, that is how, much I am uncomfortable, dislike the idea of falling from yeah. 200 feet. So I'm going to work on that and I'll report back on does it help with the fear-driven life part because I'm sick of it and I mean that and I know you are too and I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad we had this conversation because obviously working closely together, this is nothing but opportunity. Right. And I think the, the big point too is is to look back and be proud of your progress. Because when you were asking me this morning, like, well, how have you changed already? And it took me a few moments to try to come up with those things, even though I know like I've changed a ton, even just in the short amount of time I've been here. But being able to reflect back and see that progress is important too. Like you don't understand. You don't understand how amazing you are. Like you don't. Mm -hmm. how powerful you are, how influential you are, how impactful you are. 
But fear, not to be cliche, blunts all of that. It hinders all of that. At times it prevents it all outright because you can't get past yourself. Yeah, and I'm almost fearful that I'll never see that for myself. And that's both heartbreaking but also incredibly inspiring because if we do the work to overcome this, I, I say it too much, but we're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. And it's not, this isn't the prosperity gospel. What I mean by it is like, I don't care if you lose everything. You'll be unstoppable in poverty because you'll realize you're not tied to that because you're not afraid of that. If we can disconnect from this fear, there's nothing, there's nothing that derails us in life. That's very powerful. Well, then I think we should end it there because I'm out. <laughs> Me too.